0: Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, has the St. Louis Blues offense finally been figured out? Is it Craig Berube's fault? What the heck is up with the fourth line? Lots of questions to address today on the Locked On Blues podcast. The Blues are missed a three-game losing streak on their New York road trip. So, going to be talking about that and more. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues,
1: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host, Josh Hyman, and joined as always by my mustachioed co-host, Thomas Welch. We got a... Fun episode for you guys today. Uh, Blues are on a bit of a free fall, losing their last three games. And the offense, the thing that had been driving them all season, nowhere to be found in any of those games, really. So we gonna be talking about that. Going to be talking about the fourth line, which had some call-ups, some send-downs. Uh, Alexi Toropchenko and Mackenzie McKeckern joining that line, and then Dakota Joshua and Clem Costum getting sent down. And then at the end, we're going to be talking about the Blues Senators game tomorrow night. But first. Want to thank anyone and everyone out there for making Lockdown Blues your first listen and let you know that today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Betonline, where the game starts. Alright, Tommy. So we started started to see some uh some warning signs in, in the blues first loss where they uh they fell to the the Rangers, right? I'm getting that in the right order. It was Rangers, Islanders, Devils. Yeah, so they fell to the Rangers and um and literally only put offensive pressure on for two minutes in that game. Uh, which you could have taken a positive out of you can be like, okay, yeah, offense got shut down, but they still had the capability of, you know, putting in a flurry and, and and scoring a couple goals in rapid succession on the Vesna candidate. Wasn't too concerned coming out of that game. And then they go up against the New York Islanders. And the same sort of struggles present themselves. The offense gets shut down for the most part, and the defense just really can't pick up the slack because they haven't really had to all season. That's not how this team is built. Sure enough, coming into another game against the New Jersey Devils, another team that's been struggling this season. And the offense, once again, is really nowhere to be found. Yeah, they had their moments. They got a couple goals. They forced it into overtime, but it never really felt like the Blues were in that game from an offensive standpoint. We have not seen the offensive dominance of the St. Louis Blues in a while now that, that have made them so iconic and so fun to watch earlier this season and at this point in the year it's, it's getting a little bit too late to just keep you know juggling lines and, and trying to figure out something that works you should have that figured out by now and that's why I think Craig Ruby is a little bit to blame but I don't want to get into that just yet Tommy what have you seen out of the offense in the past three games that has concerned you maybe something that hasn't raised
1: your concerns too
0: much i don't know what's your takeaway
1: obviously the entire new york stretch has been kind of problematic for the blues right but i think when you take the rangers game into isolation i mean the rangers are a good team they got just who's a shoe-in for the vesna and probably top three if not the number one for the Hart trophy in the yeah exactly so i mean that guy's playing out of his mind Kreider's playing out of his mind and that's a good team over there so at the end of the day, sometimes when you play up against a team like that, Blues scored three goals on three shots against uh, Shesterkin, and you you would probably think that was enough to like buff his confidence and have the team fall apart around him, but they didn't, and they held strong, and sometimes you just have to tip your cap to a team like that. With the Islanders, it's different because the Blues are much more talented than the Islanders, but I think the matchup at play there was the Barry Trotz defense like we talked about, and I think they ended up having 24 blocked shots in that game, so uh, anytime you're hitting that many shin pads with a Blues offense that is, like we talk about, their bread and butter and the reason that they're so successful this season, uh, you're going to probably have a bad time, and uh, so against the New Jersey Devils, the Blues didn't have a problem with blocked shots, they just had a problem with sustained offensive pressure. I think they ended up with 20, 21 shots, something like that, and the Devils had 33 so the devils were controlling most of the game uh, the blues defense would get hemmed in have long shifts uh try to exit the zone and then uh the forechecking of the devils would keep it in and uh, they'd have multiple opportunities on uh those missed opportunities for the blues so i think all those ta- all those things taken in consideration against coming up a- against a matchup tomorrow against an ottawa senators team that's another team that's been struggling this year you'd like to see the blues have a bounce back game but i think the most concerning thing for me has been uh, the lack of offense for this team and if um, the new york islanders kind of a bottom feeder team can shut them down offensively and the new jersey devils another bottom feeder team can shut them down offensively why can't the colorado avalanche and why can't the vegas golden knights and why can't the minnesota wild and a lot of these other teams that are near the tops of the divisions and who you're probably going to see in postseason play and on your way to a Stanley Cup, it doesn't give me a lot of hope for this team with the way that their offense is producing right now. So they got to show me something different uh, going up against the Sens.
0: Yeah, when we were talking about this, I think on our last episode, I used the term glass cannon, and I think that is the perfect way to describe the St. Louis Blues this season is they pack a hell of a punch, and when they're on their game, they're unbeatable. But it doesn't take much to to crack the code when you're playing the St. Louis Blues. And we've seen teams figure it out over single game stretches. You know, we've seen maybe, you know, this late in the season, you got a little bit more film. And if you're a coach like Barry Trotz, even though you you don't got the best personnel, if you, you study the Blues offense enough, seems like it's easy to figure out. And the the worry for me there is, okay, we've seen how it can impact them over a one-game stretch. How the heck are they going to survive a seven-game series where their offense might be figured out by the second period of game one? You know, I just haven't seen the Blues' offense adapt yet this season. But the flip side of that is they haven't been forced to. It's been working up until this point. Um, They haven't really had to adapt, but the, the big question is such a glass cannon approach, you know, just relying on high-powered offense. Defense has been a little suspect. Goal has been a little inconsistent at times. Now, all of a sudden, the offense is finally getting the spotlight on them for the first time this season, and it's really just going to be all or nothing. If over these next few games we see the offense adapt and play a little differently and, and confuse opponents, then yeah, maybe I'll have a little bit more optimism for a playoff run. But if we see the same issues and we just see the same, you know, line jumbling and the same struggles, then I'm really worried that... Any, any team that faces the Blues in a seven-game series will be able to figure out their offense. And once they do that, once you figure out how to stop the St. Louis Blues on offense, the rest of the series will be a cakewalk, unfortunately. But I don't think that that's 100% the reality just yet. Um, you know, I think the fourth line is something that actually plays a big role in that. Uh, fourth line was a huge part of the Blues Stanley Cup run. And right now, the fourth line is getting a bit of a new identity, which we're going to be talking about in the second segment, as well as I want to talk about Craig Ruby, as a whole and some of his decisions that he's made this year with the lines and all that so make sure you stay tuned but first i want to tell you guys about a brand new sponsor our next partner has a product i literally use every day i started taking athletic greens because as a college student especially as a senior college student i have no time for healthy meals you know eating healthy and it was starting to affect my gut health you know i was having stomach problems and It's
1: it's been noticeable, but now it has been noticeable, Josh. I I wanted to say something, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to hurt your feelings, but been looking pretty plump over there. So I've been (laughs) I've been using Athletic Greens, and
0: it doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It's got kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually really look forward to every morning. It's a great way to start my day. So you may be asking, what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source super super superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, and aging. All the things essential to starting your day out. On a positive note, it's lifestyle friendly. So whether you're eating keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, or or if you're just not even on a diet like myself, you you can still fit it into your daily routine. And the best part is Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company. In 2020, AG purchased carbon credits that support projects projecting protecting old growth rainforests and for every purchase they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need including no kid hungry here in the u.s in fact two years ago in 2020 ag donated over 1.2 million meals so right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition All right, Tommy. So before the pod, I uh, I said something that raised an eyebrow from you. And I, I basically brought up the fact that I think Craig Berube has a little bit of a hand in the inconsistency of the offense right now. And, and my reasoning for that is this isn't the Blues team of 2018 where you just got four lines of guys that are going to go out there and grind. You know, you got you guys a lot more skill, a lot more talent. We saw the Russian line of the St. Louis Blues look like the best forward group I can remember. But the problem is, we haven't seen it since. We've seen it in a game or so here and there, but it really feels like, you know, we've started a game out with certain lines. They've looked all right, but the team as a whole has struggled. Next thing you know, second period comes out, lines are completely jumbled, everything's different. And my argument is that it's really hard to build chemistry when you're playing with different guys every other period or every other game. I think at this point in the regular season, It's inexcusable not to have some go-to lines. Yeah, switch up every once in a while in dire circumstances, but to go every period putting your lines in a blender, I feel like you're inhibiting the potential of this offense, and I feel like you should be adapting your play style rather than just kind of changing up who plays where because you can change up the lines, but if you're using the same offensive style,
1: it doesn't matter who's out there with who. Other teams got you figured out. That's my take. You could. I'm happy for you to. Prove <laughs> my that take is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing time and time again and expecting a different result. And I think for the, like like jumbling like jumbling no, the lines. No, like time and time I again. think for the St. Louis Blues, if you're starting the game, you're starting the game with the lines that you think will be productive and that have proven to be productive uh, throughout the course of this season. And so if that's not working and it hasn't been working for the last couple of games because the offense has just not shown up and been silent. And, not shooting pucks, passing when they don't need to, all those things are you gonna sit with your hands under you and just not do anything you gotta you good you save, have you have to do something, Josh, and like even if it's just a spark of fire under the guys and say, "Hey, you guys aren't playing well enough, I'm jumbling the lines like even just that like snap mentality of oh, like coach is not happy." That kind of thing. like That's enough to kind of drive guys to play a little bit better. And maybe it is just a simple situation of Jordan Kyrou and Robert Thomas aren't on the same line right now, even though both have point streaks and are playing out of their mind hockey. Yeah, you don't love the turnovers from Kyrou, but the fact of the matter is he's pointing up point production. If you're already two goals down, which the Blues have been, um, you're going to need someone to put the puck in the back of the net, and those two are very good at it. So, uh, jumbling up the lines is not really a huge problem for me. I think the main problem here has just been the silence of the St. Louis Blues offense. And I'm not going to fault Craig Berube for that because unless. I'm not I'm not faulting I'm
0: him. I'm saying he's got a hand. He's, he's got, got, got a no hand. hands. Little, bro.
1: little, little hand in the- His hands are huge, but he's got no hands on this one, in my opinion. He can't lace them up and go out <sighs> there and start I don't know, banging man. bodies. And I feel like the Blues. I
0: don't know, man. Like. Where's the physicality, okay, Josh? Okay, okay, how about this? How about, line, this? How about fu- this? No, how no, no, about no.
1: The fourth, the fourth line is all about physicality, right? Clem Costin's out there banging bodies, but he's penalizing more people than he's hitting. And Dakota Joshua's playing the same way. So I feel like it, maybe the new fresh meat on the fourth line of Mackenzie McEachern gets an opportunity. Hasn't gotten an opportunity all year long, but he's been up with the Blues in the past, and he's proved serviceable. Tor Pachenko is a huge human being, 6'6". He's getting an opportunity uh, that he's gotten minimal of in his career so far and his time up with the St. Louis Blues. Maybe that's all that this team needs is some fresh guys and some fresh legs to come in and a new perspective and bang those bodies and provide. Um, it doesn't even have to be like scoring potential from the fourth line. It doesn't have to be. It just has to be like an identity line kind of and kind of set the tone for the rest of the team and be like we're going to come out, play hard-nosed hockey, cycle pucks, get it in deep win board battles, and do everything that's not sexy about the game of hockey to go out there and win the game. Because I feel like the rest of the lines of the offense are just, I don't know if they're just more concerned about putting the puck in the back of the net right now or trying to make a sexy highlight real goal by 16 passes and beating the goalie, but it's just not working right now. And I think maybe that's the mindset that Craig Berube's rolling with uh, moving forward. Uh, no,
0: and I think you're absolutely right. I think Craig Ruby's hands are tied with with the whole glass cannon thing. Like this team being so so good, but also yet so beatable, it puts him in a very difficult situation where he's got to kind of make that perfect the scheme, perfect the lines, and maybe that's why, in my opinion, he might be a little bit over Because the my question for you, my question for <laughs> don't give me that look, <laughs> my question for you is wouldn't you love to have that Tarasenko, Barbashev, Bucnevich line firing at all cylinders game one of the playoffs? Regardless of everything we've just talked about. Just That question, pretending that's the first thing I've asked you all episode. Obviously, right? You're not going to get there by just all of a sudden throwing that line back together and hoping they can reignite that magic. If, If you want that line to be firing at all cylinders come playoff time, which maybe that's not the recipe for success. But if you want that line firing on all cylinders, you let them work through the growing pains in March. When teams start figuring them out, when teams start figuring that line out, you don't just say, all right, it's not working. You let them work through those growing pains. You let them elevate their game to the next level because if you don't, if you don't do that now, you certainly can't do that come playoff time. And if the Blues don't have four defined offensive lines come playoff time... It's going to be really hard to win a series, you know, when when players are are coming in every game not knowing who their line mates are going to be, that's that's inhibiting them offensively. That is a fact. If you don't know who you're playing with, you don't know how you have to play, you know, because it's one thing for Ivan Barbashev to go play down on that third line and ask to be a grinder, you know, playing with guys like Tyler Bozak. But then the flip side is he gets to be an offensive beast when he plays with Tarasenko and so if I'm Ivan Barbashev showing up to the rink, not knowing if I'm going to be a third-line grinder today or a first-line scoring forward, it's inhibiting my game a little bit offensively. So with the makeup of the Blues roster this season, I think you need to work through these
1: growing pains now before it's too late.
0: That's my take.
1: I also think that, so Daily Faceoff, just looking at it right now, has, has Braden Shen as center for the St. Louis Blues, and like obviously the dude can play center or wing, and he's... One of the best players on the team, one of the hottest players on the team right now by a long shot. Um, man on fire, man on fire. But I, I think even though Ivan Barbashev has gotten like the point production that he's consistently had throughout this season lately, I don't feel like he's had the same level of impact on games that he did before the All Star break. If that makes sense, and maybe that's because he made the move from center to wing because he was centering that um, the Russian line before, and I, I mean any Russian playing on a line full of Russians, I think is going to be having the time of his life. So it's easy to just chalk that up as that chemistry there, but maybe it's, it's, I mean, there's not many times that Ivan Barbashev gets the opportunity to play center. So maybe it's just the fact that he was taking advantage of that opportunity and uh, going full throttle. And now that he's, Not in that position. I don't know. It's maybe it's something as simple as that. It's a different
0: role, though, too. You know, you're going, you're going, you're going goal line to goal line as a center. That's different from playing on the boards as a wing.
1: Right. It's just it's different,
0: and that's what I'm saying. Is tough it's tough showing up not knowing what role you're going to be asked to today because every day you're starting something new. You're not. You don't have a chance to get comfortable in your role. That's that's my perspective. I don't think it's all Craig Ruby's fault by any means. I think, I think we should try to roll on on the dice too
1: much with the roles.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's not I like think... Texas
1: Roadhouse cinnamon rolls. It's like belly rolls.
0: Sure, I'm gonna pretend like I understood one percent of that. Speaking analogy. of belly rolls, um,
1: if you haven't heard, uh, Josh has a great new product that will help you out. Ag, <laughs> no, that
0: was the. Th- <laughs> 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 Listen, I've been. Wor- I, that's why. Why do you think I, I changed the camera perspective to only show my,
1: my I respect se- it. Really, because it all goes, goes to my through your thighs, right now,
0: Tommy. You're really bringing out my insecurities
1: right now. Your background looks good, though. I like the jerseys.
0: Thank you. All right, we're we're all all sorts of off topic, uh, but the Blues do play a game tomorrow against another struggling team, so could be could be proven either one of us wrong depending on what happens. So we're gonna be talking about that, the fourth line, and more in this third segment. But first, want to tell you guys about Bet Online. Now, football might be over the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops, and it's March. You know what that means? March Madness. What better time to place bets? Because BetOnline.net is your number one spots number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. Betonline.net is your number one source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Right to Olympic coverage and information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Betonline, where the game starts. And before we get back, old school classic sponsor, Belt Bar would like to like to let you guys know that they've got a brand new amazing project called product called Built Puffs. You've heard this before. It's a protein infused marshmallow. I could end the ad read there, and you guys would be you guys would know how amazing they are. But I won't. I'll do them justice. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in one hundred percent real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yum, yummy, cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorite. All built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, including the puffs, and they're low calorie, high protein. You can replace your candy bar with these. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. So go to built.com, scroll down to that macros chart. You'll be blown away. If you're looking at your average built bar, you're getting 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a regular candy bar which has usually around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. They got so many delicious flavors, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and a new flavor, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious. And they got new flavors coming out literally all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. So make sure you're checking out built.com often. And while you're there, use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And I would say we'll be right back, but nah, we got two advies Don't even need to do that. So, Tommy, without further ado, it is time to talk about the game tomorrow. And with that being said, I'm gonna start the segment with my locked on player of the game. And it's gonna be an off the wall one. It's gonna we're talking a lot about this fourth line, right? And we're talking a lot about consistency.
1: Which, by the way, uh just kind of timely news here, because the blues made fourth line call-ups, right? Uh, James Neal has nine points, I believe, in his seven games with the Springfield Thunderbirds, and he just tied up the game with them as well. So, kind of a head scratcher. Why maybe you don't call him up? But
0: way to take the wind out of my sails. Because <laughs> sorry, I'm my picks. It's, it's, a, it's a fair my question. My picks. Two 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 picks. S for the fir- for the first time in Lockdown Blues history, there are two players that I'm choosing my Lockdown player player of the game, and that uh, is our. Alexei Toropchenko and Mackenzie McKechnie. And whenever you're going through an offensive struggle, I don't care if you're calling up Connor McDavid or Alexei Toropchenko and Mackenzie McKechern. New faces, new blood, new energy can do wonders for an offense. And this is a team, an offense that has probably gotten pretty frustrated over these past three games, gripping the six a little too tight. I know you mentioned like sh- getting shots blocked. That's that's a sign of kind of overthinking. One thing that I saw a lot in that New Jersey game, they weren't getting shots blocked, but there were so many passes hitting skates, whether it was skates of Blues players or skates of Devils players. It just felt like their passes were just, just a little off. And I always throw around the expression, gripping your stick too tight. That's not just an expression. That's true. You're thinking a little too hard. You're gripping that stick a little too tight. You're, you're just, you're not playing off of your gut. You're, you're you're just trying to make the perfect play. And that's, that's when you can have passes and skates shots on shin pads. What better way to reignite the offense than to bring in two fresh faces that have been dying to get into this lineup all season. Mackenzie McEachern is a guy that's played 70 games with the St. Louis Blues over the last two seasons, has yet to play a game this season. And in every single game, pretty much that he was with the Blues, you saw the same version of Mackenzie McEachern, night in, night out. No, he's not going to go out there and put up hat-tricks, but he will energize the crap out of the team. Those guys are going to go out there, they're going to bang bodies, they're going to make plays, they're going to make life difficult. And if I'm that, if I'm on that first line watching those two go out there, it's like, oh yeah, we, we can play, we can generate offense. So for the sake that I think they're going to bring a new energy and a new life to this offense that has laid dormant for the longest stretch of the season, I'm picking the call-ups, Alexi Torbchenko and Mackenzie McKecker, to have a huge but subtle impact on the Blues tomorrow.
1: Evolving off of that, and continuing with the fourth line conversation. Let's think about this for a second, right? So, okay, there's been one player, who, or really two players, who's been the staple of bottom six hockey for the St. Louis Blues for the last three years, about. And that's been Oscar Suttonquist and Ivan Barbashev, right? Obviously, Ivan Barbashev is playing out of his mind hockey. He's not going to be on the fourth line anytime soon. We don't really want him banging bodies when he's putting up, like, 15-20 goals on a season and playing out of his mind offensively right that kind of leaves it up to oscar sunquist to be the catalyst of that fourth line either him or tyler bozak tyler bozak's not having the season that he wanted has been healthy scratch a couple times in favor of matchups and oscar sunquist if you guys remember uh in a report i had trouble extending his leg all the way because of scar tissue uh, and the ACL surgery. So I'm not I'm not saying like it's, it's not his fault, right? He's going out there and like not playing 100%. And obviously he's still a great hockey player. So he's going to be beneficial to the team in whatever kind of capacity that he can play. But he's not having the same effect on any line and on this team as he normally is. And I think because of that, whoever else is on the fourth line has to pick up the slack in his uh in his kind of absence. Like uh, he's just not playing the same brash kind of style of hockey that he usually does. And so the the pressure's put more on who else is on his line. And I think that's an unfair position to really put anybody that you're slotting in there, whether it's Klim, whether it's McKeckern, whether it's Tor Pachenko, and whether it's Dakota Josh, I think it's just a difficult situation to ask more from them just because Oscar Sundquist is unable to. So And like I said, Ivan Barbashev isn't on that line. And you've got Sonny and Barbashev on that line as completely different beasts. So that being said, that's all my uh, two cents on the fourth line in a nutshell. But I'm going to go not offense entirely with my locked on player of the game. But I think that there's a couple guys on the St. Louis Blues that can set the tone of a hockey game, right? Obviously, Ryan O'Reilly is one of them when he's dominating the faceoff circle and Every single zone on the ice. Robert Thomas can do it at times. Jordan Cairo can take over games. There's not many on the Blues defensive side that can do it. But the one guy I think that can, who is very good at exiting the zone, who is very good at holding down the zone, uh, and kind of brings it as a well-rounded a hockey player in every aspect of the game, that guy's Justin Falk. And I think he's going to set the tone for the St. Louis Blues. They're really going to band around him. The defense is going to exit their own zone more freely, and that's going to free up the offense more. Uh, And so I'm looking for Justin Falk to have a big game against the Ottawa Senators. That's my locked-on player of the game.
0: The pairing of Krug and Falk has kind of struggled a little bit as of late just because They've kind of transitioned from being like the 1B behind Pareco and facing team's second best forward lines to a little bit of a 1A. And ever since that transition has happened and they've been facing first lines, it they've struggled. I, they haven't been bad by any means, but they've been noticeably worse than they were at their peak. And that's not to say that they're bad by any means. Like that's not, that's not the takeaway of this. But I think that's a really good pick because like my same point about the offense, which first of all, the defensive lines haven't, the pairings haven't changed all season, which is like. Interesting, interesting to me, but but that's, that's, I, I digress. Um, <clears throat> pairings haven't changed all season. and It's because they've worked in their own way. Um, and Krug and Falk are kind of be, being given the ability to work through those growing pains right now of, Hey, you're going to be facing a little bit tougher matchups might be tough going for a little bit, but, but we've got faith in you, you know? And, and I think that they're going to step up to the task because they're two incredibly talented defensemen. And they've, there's a reason why they're been far and away the most successful pairing the blues have had all season, um, so I think that'll be an interesting kind of litmus test, where if the defense can work through the growing pains and figure things out, specifically Falk and Krug, maybe my point earlier to letting some of these forward lines work through the growing pains as well, and maybe even if that leads to you taking a few L's when you didn't have to in in March, it's a hell of a lot better than taking a few L's when you don't need to
1: when it's a playoff series. So we will see. Lots to talk about uh, this Josh, weekend. I got one more. more question for you.
0: Ooh. Okay.
1: As of today, this is March 7th at the time of recording. So that means there are 14 days or two weeks until the trade deadline for the NHL, right? So with, with yeah, no context, weeks. with I no chose. support to your argument, just give me your one player who you would pick up at the trade deadline for the St. Louis McDavid. Blues. <laughs> one realistic player that you would pick up at the trade deadline for the St. Louis Blues that two you would put Connor all your McAdams. eggs in the basket to turn this season around. Oh. That's hard. I'm going because Jacob if you, all day.
0: Yeah, I, I was going to say, if you asked me two weeks ago, I'd say Jacob Chickering. But if we're going all in saying, screw it, glass cannon, offense all or nothing, give me Claude Giroux I was just about to give say, me, give me Claude if you really? If we're, think, if we're if, committing,
1: if we're talking about, I mean, we just spent a whole episode talking about how this fourth line has kind of been an issue for the Blues and Oscar Sundquist isn't playing to his full potential because he's not 100%. What better way to solidify that fourth line than to bring in Claude Giroux? You put
0: Claude Giroux on the fourth line?
1: I mean, maybe. Who knows? Look, that's a fun answer. Like
0: I'm saying, if you're going glass cannon approach, and don't get me wrong, the glass cannon approach can work. You get you get a, a, a hot streak from a goaltender. You get the defense playing just all right. You just don't give teams time to figure you out, you know? So it can work. And yeah, Jacob Chicken would be great. I don't know if it. I don't think Jacob Chikrin moves the needle as much as Claude Giroux. You could be having a Tampa Bay Lightning esque offense if you bring a guy like Giroux in.
1: That's true, but here's the th- here's why I think. That's all I'm saying. Here's why I think Chikrin moves the needle more. I think Chikrin fixes Pareko, and I think that is massive. Yeah, for this that's team. that's a good and point. And defense, and it moves Mikola down. Point.
0: That's actually a very good point.
1: And it moves Mikola down to I feel like a spot where he's he's more comfortable and really should be in the lineup as opposed to... A I
0: think, yeah, I think Jacob and gives the Blues a better chance to win the Stanley Cup this season, but I think I think that would take a bit of a change in the way that the Blues win games. If the Blues want to win the Stanley Cup now with the way that they've been winning games all season, Claude Giroux is your guy. If they want to shift the defense and, and accept the fact that their offense can be stifled this much, Chikrin's your guy. So will either of those guys be in Blues uniforms? Top comment, pin it. Guess, guess, you'll, guess you'll have to listen to future episodes to see see our reactions. Yeah, we'll pin that episode, pin that comment on today's episode. Who would you rather see in a blue note? Claude Giroux or Jacob Chikrin and why PQA, uh, a, uh, ALA, APA citations in text. Include your work site at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Leave a review if you're feeling so kind. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel going to have lots of fun stuff for you there. Couple studio episodes here and there. I know we've been kind of wishy-washy about that, but the official official uh studio announcement is big guests means we'll be in a studio. Otherwise, we'll be where you where you're used to seeing us, but still changes are imminent. Lots of exciting stuff there because that means big guests are coming. Keeping our lips sealed for now, but we're excited. So yeah, like I said, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button. Follow us on all of our socials Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook at Locked On Blues. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, let's go, Blues.